0: president trump said oh you know if american citizens have 48 hours to get back on our soil That just like yeah yeah, so, <laughs> <Ooh, hey. laughs> yeah.
1: already that's
0: why i think <laughs> yes, yeah, tip your waiters on your way but that's when sheik mo and the rest of the dubai government were like uh this uh this ain't gonna work the 37 year
1: wait is over american first. Well hello everyone and welcome back to the TVG podcast. I actually am re-recording this open because I did the interview that we're going to have on the program with Doug O'Neill and news came out that I thought we should at least address because the topic of conversation with Doug O'Neill was all the trials and tribulations that the trainers face through the current coronavirus pandemic and the crisis here specifically in Southern California and that crisis just got a little bit more difficult to navigate to say the least. So I want to start with what happened. Horsemen were served a bill of $1,233 per horse retroactively for the first quarter of 2020 from the post-time self-insurance group, which is the insurance group that covers the workman's comp costs for trainers here in Southern California. There was a workman's compensation crisis back in the early 2000s when Gray Davis was governor here. And... Many trainers either went out of business, were on the brink of going out of business, had to change horses into other names. I know of one trainer specifically who couldn't train horses for a couple of years until it was uh, solved, and all of his owners had to take their horses elsewhere. Um, That was in the quarter horse game. And back then, Doc Allred and the late Brad McKenzie stepped up to the plate and basically saved California racing. One of the many times in the last 20 years that that Doc Allred has played a part in saving California racing. And he might be playing another part in that uh, soon. We'll talk about that in just a moment. But they created an insurance company and then a policy, I think it was like a blanket policy, that covered all the horsemen stabled on the grounds at Los Alamitos. And then they let the thoroughbred trainers who were stabled at Hollywood Park and San Anita at the time also get under that to basically reduce the cost. That... I believe, uh, was the predecessor to this post-time self-insurance group, which is essentially an insurance company run by the trainers in order to deal with that cost. Now, the the, the workman's comp costs in California are extraordinarily high for all small business owners, and trainers are are no exception to that. So right now, we've had no racing in California for a couple of weeks. The insurance fund has been funded by um, wagering um, and racing. So here's just the latest the latest crisis, right, That, that t- an outcropping of the, the coronavirus. Not running in California has created an insurance windfall. So you have no money to run at. You can't make a living. You can't run your horses in order to earn money with them if you're an owner. And now trainers who are charging their owners day rates have to pay $1,223 per horse to come up with the shortfall in the insurance account that the lack of racing has created. And it happened quickly. It happened very quickly very quickly. So, I mean, we, we just saw Gary Contessa and Kieran McLaughlin, um, retire from racing in New York two of the most successful stables in New York. And basically because even at their level of success, they couldn't make a living doing it because of all the different things they have to pay for as trainers in the sport of Kings in New York. And in California, those expenses are equally as high, if not higher. And now during a suspension of racing, all the horsemen are served this bill. There was recommendation from the insurance company in order to um, and, and part of this is I'm basically this is off the article I've read in Pollock report and there's also an article in Blood Horse and there's an article in all the publications I'm sure you you can all check it out and read but basically we have this emergency two billion two trillion dollar relief passed by Congress and it takes care of two and a half months of your payroll plus, healthcare benefits plus workers comp. So there is a way to get through this, but this is a, a very complicated process because each trainer is his own little small business. So each trainer would have to apply for this relief and then the checks would have to come in and then they would have to make up the shortfall. It's just the latest example of why racing needs to continue otherwise it becomes completely unviable to just put it on hold. Um, and I think part of this situation is unique to California, but I think in larger states where you'll have this sort of thing where you have a larger costs to operate, right? It's more tightly regulated and there's more responsibilities financially for the small business owner. And it's, look, it, the way they look at it, right? It's, there's, you know, uh, it's a $90 day rate on average in, in, in Santa Anita or Southern California, however you want to put it in the state of California, it's $90 a day times, you know, umpteen horses, times 365 days. That's like a hundred million dollar business is the way the insurance companies and the government look at it, right? They don't look at it as a guy who's got 20 horses, who at the end of the year has probably never had 10 or $15,000 to put in his pocket. He's just operating and taking a salary, right? Like a lot of these blue collar trainers do. So it's just the latest in in many things that are, you know, kind of hit in California. So it's a grave concern I don't know exactly how the solution will play out, but that's just the latest. Um, and there has been talk, and I really do hope this happens, and they say they won't happen until the uh, CHRB meeting in April. I believe the 22nd was the date. But there has been talk about moving the dates from Santa Anita to Los Alamitos because it's outside of L.A. County in Orange County. And people ask, well, why can that work? Well, I'll tell you why that can work because Orange County is smaller than L.A. County, and Doc Allred, who owns Los Alamitos and who has been operating it, he is a much bigger player in Orange County than anyone is in L.A. County, right? L.A. County is huge. Orange County is small. And I do believe that he will have more leverage to keep Los Alamitos up and running um, throughout this crisis. And they've done a great job of maintaining the standards of social distancing and operating this racing product at night on Friday, Saturdays, and Sundays. They're quarter horse and they have lower level thoroughbreds. And they've done a fantastic job of doing it and they've been doing it safely. So there is that glimmer of hope that we could get racing back at Los Alamitos. They'll discuss it at the end of April. Now, I'm I'm bringing all this up now because my Open became moot after this information came out yesterday. So I had to recut it. So the interview with Doug is before all this came out. So I do address the concerns of California racing with Doug O'Neill. But you do have to keep that in your mind that this was before... The insurance issue came up and they were served. And it's, it's $1,223 per horse that a trainer has. So if you have 100 horses, multiply that by 100. I mean, good luck finding that money lying around, right? I mean, I don't think anybody has that kind of operating capital just stashed for, oh, erroneous bill. So we've got our problems here in California. It just seems like we have been under attack all year. And now with the, the pandemic hitting us, it has exasperated those problems to the nth degree. Good thing I'm joined by Doug O'Neill. He is the eternal optimist. I had Brittany on last last episode, and it was nice to talk to someone who has a very positive outlook on things. I'm naturally a cynic, so I love surrounding myself with people like Brittany and Doug, who is one of the most positive people you'll ever meet. So that interview is coming up right after this quick timeout on the TVG podcast. We'll try the commercial one more time in three, two... Watch TVG. It's a fucking app. Get it. Hey, guys. Brittany Yurtin here again. If there's any way you missed hearing the Gary Stevens and Mike Smith podcast episode, be sure to catch our exclusive broadcast of the podcast available now on the Watch TVG app. Don't know about the Watch TVG app yet? Oh, you're missing out. Be sure to head to tvg.com promos watch to learn about getting TVG and TVG2 in crystal clear high definition from the comfort of your own home using only an Amazon Fire Stick, Apple TV, or Roku. You'll also gain access to award-winning features and interviews in the on-demand section. So be sure to visit TVG.com today to learn more about Watch TVG. Well, everyone, the man I'm bringing onto the program needs no introduction, but I'll introduce him anyway. As my good friend, Doug O'Neill. Douglas, how are you?
0: Great, man. What an honor to be on your show here, Mike. Thank you, brother.
1: Okay, so I don't want to make this like the coronavirus COVID-19 podcast because people have plenty of news outlets to get it from, but it's impossible not to talk about it because it's consuming all aspects of life right now. And I know for you as a trainer here in California, it affects you greatly because you have a massive operation. And yet, I still talk to you. You, you answer the phone. You still have that great... Optimism about you, and I, I asked Brittany Yurton the same question because she's all sunshine and puppy dogs all the time. How do you maintain that optimism even in these dark times?
0: Well, as we're talking right now, I am in a in a fetal position crying, but uh, that helps. Yeah, it does. That kind of helps take a little thing out. Uh, you know, God, my main thing is just I feel so bad for so many people, and and there's not enough time to waste energy in that. So it's just trying to keep it going, keep. You know your your um, fellow men and women at the barn working, trying to make sure the owners of the horses are still doing okay. Anyway, you can help them out. So just realizing that we're all in it together. And you know, I've been so proud of the way Aiden Butler and Belinda Stronic and the whole Stronic group. You know, they really fought to keep San Anita and Golden Gate open. They had all these amazing restrictions before they were even forced to do that. So yeah, it's been a frustrating time, but knowing that what we're doing though it it is affecting us in a crazy way everybody on the plants affected and as you see these medical first responders you're like oh my god it it could be a lot worse that's for sure
1: Right. I mean, we all have to count our lucky stars in many ways, yep. right? And there are people who are suffering a, a grave deal of, a amount of, of, of misfortune right now. And what they've done is, at the Stronic Group, and, and we'll be honest, I mean, there's and my company is very tightly aligned with the Stronic Group. There's no two ways about it. I work for TVG. TVG and the Stronic Group are very tightly aligned. But there's been a lot of times, especially throughout the last you know five years or so, where all aspects of our industry have been critical of the Stronic Group. And, and a lot of times, rightly so, but I think all of us right now, this battle of trying to keep the tracks open, trying to make sure we maintain that social distancing, I think it's I think it's very genuine. I've heard you, I've heard a lot of horsemen, and a lot of people say that the Stronic Group really has been fighting this fight the right way when it comes to the prospect of the the, the track closures, win or lose. Well,
0: I couldn't agree with you more. And, and I've been a vocal with uh, the way things have, have gone down the last year and a half or so. And, and this has been a, a different deal. This has been something that i think once we're on the other side of this i see many more horsemen getting around the the, the stronic group and and moving in the same direction then it seemed like there's a lot of finger pointing and it's driven me nuts that they they don't really the stronic group hasn't really advertised the, the beauty of sanita and the beauty of the sport and, and that stuff but you know she took out a full page ad the other day in the early times describing the the importance of continuing to race because of the, the monies raised there help with the dormitories and the salaries and the medical benefits for all the horsemen in the barn area. So very articulate, and I, it was a, showed a lot of strength on her part and hopefully educated people that didn't know that.
1: So let's talk about the the Team O'Neill operation, because you have, I know, you know, Mr. Reddams, your biggest owner, you have, you know, WC Racing, Glenn Sorgenstein, but you have, you know, we we know the big names, but you have a ton of owners. So managing the horses is one thing that we could, we could talk, we could do 10 episodes on that, but managing the owners through this crisis, how do you get the messaging out there when there's so much uncertainty? What do you have to do?
0: Yeah, I think you just have to meet everyone where they're at, you know, but that that's the crazy thing about this whole outbreak is that it's affecting everybody. And some of the, like you said, the Paul Reddams of the world, you're like, ah, oh, he's immune to this. It's like, no, he's not. He relies on so many uh, moving parts to, to keep his business going. And a lot of those moving parts are like not working. No one's in those offices. So someone might call it a refinance alone, but when there's no one to, do all the things that need to take place or, or no, no bank is going to buy that note. You know, it, it leaves him out of a gig. And then from the hardworking guys that own a piece of a horse, uh, like you and me, you know, just trying to talk to them and, and just, you know, given we've had, I've had some conversations in the last few days with uh, different friends and owners who, you know, we've talked about, God, Should we turn the horse out for 30 days and, and wait, or, you know, so it's been those kind of, those kind of talks and it it hasn't been easy and just trying not to worry too much about my own bank account until, you know, I'm, I'm homeless, but then hopefully I I got a few weeks left before that happens.
1: Well, at least two. Let me ask yeah. you this, because you can come into horse racing a million different ways, but and we delved into this on Timo. I'm going to talk about, about you, to you about um, Down Home with Timo Neal. We have to revisit that. Of course. But you came into the game as a fan first, right? You came, you would go to the tracks, you, were, you guys moved out here from Michigan, you were overtaken by the beauty, all of that. So as a racing fan, I just want to get your impression on the Triple Crown of 2020. You're a two-time Derby winner. You've participated. But you could conceivably see the Triple Crown races go in reverse order. Could go Belmont, Preakness, Kentucky Derby. You could have the Derby winner. Let's say the Barkley Tag Horse, tis the law. He said, yeah, I'd love to prep in the Preakness, the Belmont, and the Travers before I go into the Derby. And then you'd have the Derby the first Saturday in September. It's, it's completely upside down. But are you frustrated that it has to change? Or are you kind of intrigued like this might be the coolest Derby ever?
0: Yeah, I think it's, uh, I'm just glad we're still talking the derby because you could so easily see, you know, this year just have a big old asterisk by it and all major sports. And I like to consider us a major sport. All major sports are canceled for the year or whatever. I mean, that would just be horrific. I mean, when you're stopping the NBA and NHL in the middle of the season, it's like, whoa. But, yeah, it is – the derby is wild, and I just read something right before going on air here with you about the governor of Kentucky saying, you know, it could be months before they get back uh racing there. So, yeah, it's just so many uncertainties, and I, and I think the leaders need to scare the shit out of us. We can say that because podcast, but uh, need to scare the shit out of us to keep us realizing we need to stay in our homes for the next two to four weeks. And I think if they – paint any kind of rosy picture they're scared that people are going to start running around the beaches or running around the park so I'm optimistic that you know mid-April-ish we're going to see peak of sicknesses but hopefully the deaths are real low and then you know we'll start seeing people that have gone through it are stronger you know are, are able to get back in the workforce and, and we can kind of get things back going even spectator lists for A little
1: bit. Well, and let's let's be honest, California. We were a little ahead of the curve. I mean, we've been social distancing for fifty years out here. I mean, we we don't know our neighbors. We drive our own cars. I mean, for us, it was like, yeah, "Yeah, this kind of business as usual. Just don't go to work.
0: That is so true. God, I know. There's time we'll pull out of our driveway and we see a neighbor like, oh God, don't make eye contact. Now you're right. It's actually, if anything, since this has happened, even though we don't get real close, but there's been more dialogue with neighbors. So, yeah, it it is uh, some strange stuff going on, but. Hopefully, we're all seeing, we're all being more grateful for even the littlest of things. And, you know, once we get back to some air quotes, uh, normalcy, we can have uh, a lot more you know, gratitude in, in our bodies as we move
1: forward. All right. So let's go back four years. You and I, you came to me with a project. It's kind of funny, we're we're actually on a podcast now, because that was what you originally yeah. wanted to do, was a podcast, yeah. and now here I am having you on a pod. it took four years, but you know, it was a long road That's to get fun. here, but it, it, tell me, tell me what, like, how did that jump into your head, before we got going with Down Man. Home with Tio and you were like, I, I want to do a podcast, where did that come from?
0: Man, I was driving from my house to, to San Anita, 30 minutes, you know, in the morning, 25-30 minutes, I had just got Sirius satellite radio, so it was like a zillion stations there, and I... Gone on a some sports channel and it was coach k from duke he had a, his weekly hour podcast and i was like whoa and i started listening i was like oh man i loved it just because he basically took you into the gym into the locker room and you know just interviewing some of his players his former players and i'm not even a duke fan but i'm a college basketball fan but just hearing these stories and backstage stories i loved it so that's what made me Reach out to you and he had a sidekick too. And I was like, God, it'd be so awesome to have you're so smooth. I like to feel like I got a little bit of backside street cred so I can get some guests and, and tell some stories. Well, your, your backside has so street
1: cool. cred. Uh, do, you, do you work out a lot of that Pilates? A little yeah. Tybo <laughs> awesome maybe? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I've been, I do 100 sit downs a day. Mike, <clears throat> it ain't easy. I'll tell you. Easy. But uh, th- this one show made me all of a sudden, I was like, you know, envision this really cool guys at the bar talking horses and and um and not politics not like oh my god the teacher be gonna approve those dates you know not not that kind of stuff but just
1: the actual racing put horses on a track who who gets to the wire first and how do we make it so our horse has a better chance
0: well that and just like exercise rider stories i think you know listening to coach k he was interviewing former players and they're just hearing where they came from and, and uh, what made them choose Duke, you know, nothing about the $50,000 in the envelope, nothing. No, 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 actually, but he, uh, just the players that like wanted to be the first one in the gym, last one out. Some of the great players that wanted to be the last one in the gym and the first one out. I just, I don't know. I, I really, I think horse racing has got so many cool stories that way. And I uh, I still think, yeah, one of these days we do have to revisit. Maybe something like this that can uh, not be a video. Because the video thing probably might have scared the heck out of the 20 people that might have been watching
1: Right. Watching well, the video want, part I know. Them. They didn't want to look at us. That's, that's <sighs> obvious. Yeah.
0: They're like, yeah, they're like, can, can you do the screen list? They're like, like, wow. Yeah, I'd like
1: just... hate to see those two walking into a hometown buffet together. That would be <laughs> <Yeah>. rough. <laughs>
0: They're That's that restaurant's going to close right when they leave. They're yes. going to be out of food now. But, uh, yeah, I just think in any walk of life, whether you're a a nurse or an mur- ambulance driver or whatever, um, I mean, I, just watching some of the news now when you hear some of these uh, human interest stories of these heroes that, that are helping out so many sick people now, it's, I, mean, I, I think it's real intriguing. And I think horse racing... And you guys at TVG do a wonderful job of this, of taking all of us backstage and and getting to know the the trainers and the grooms. That one segment that that Brittany did with the groom of the John Sheriff horse.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh,
0: That was, like, brilliant. Because it is, like, those are, like, amazing heroes that if horses could talk, you know, they talk in their own way. But if they could talk like we do, they'd be like, man, that groom's amazing. Right. And, it's like uh, you're,
1: you're, you're trying to stick a shovel into like the, the endless quarry, right? Like, I mean, they're horse yeah. racing, just every single horse. Just, I mean, I always tell people, think of the colossal effort that it takes to get one horse to the races. Forget about winning a race, right? Just the colossal yeah. from breeding it to raising it, going through a sales ring to getting it to a ranch, a trainer taking this horse and breaking it for the first time, saddle, breaking it, working it like just that journey Right. And then multiply that by 20,000 horses every year. Right. It's yeah. just it's utterly unbelievable how many stories are there. And it's you, you could never get to the bottom of it.
0: You couldn't. And I think it, it brings a whole it sheds a whole new light on uh, people that maybe think it's just gambling. And it's just, you know, which it is. But, uh, you know, there, there's more to it. And there's a lot of great stories. So yeah, I would love one of these days to try that again.
1: I'm in, I'm, I'm, I'm absolutely yeah. down. I'll, I'll lower my rates this time so you can afford me. <laughs>
0: all right. That's uh yeah, that $10 an hour you charged last
1: time was a little steep. Right. Well, Hey, look, yeah. first of all, it was ten fifty, but you shorted me two quarters <laughs> every time. Um, and uh, second of all, I, we can negotiate these things. We can work it right <laughs> down. Uh, let me ask Have you this. People. Here's, here's a question that I, I really had on my mind and I, I want to ask a lot of trainers this. Of course, we're all worried about the goings on right now in the world, and we're trying to make sure everyone's safe and whatnot. But every trainer has late developing three year olds, right? I mean, do you have any like horses that are like, wow, now that the Derby's in September, I mean, are there any of those in your barn right now? You're thinking, hey, this might, I might, hey, hey, wait a minute here.
0: <laughs> Not young. I'd love to say yes. We've got horse named Four Left for Paul and Villa that.
1: Oh, I know that horse absolutely.
0: Has, yeah. Cool horse, and but a mile and a quarter might be pushing it with him. But he was all geared up to run in the UAE Derby before they canceled uh, the big night over there. But I mean, he, he won the, the he won only, the
1: the Guineas, right? Whatever the lead into that is, yeah. the, the prep on Super yeah. Saturday.
0: Yep, yeah. yeah, he won real, real nice, and uh, he was really just coming into his zone and doing well. And so that would probably be the only one that would really need to step up and show that he could go a mile and a quarter uh you know in the u.s so over there it's so such a different dynamic uh, over there a lot of one turn stuff a lot of straights a lot
1: of right and i was really hoping this time of year i'd be talking about your great success over in dubai because you guys had a pretty good run there but you really were i mean you took a good chunk of your stable and sent it to dubai with leandro and that's a bold move but my goodness you guys had a pretty good run out there how many races did you win
0: won four I think we won four over there we brought 11 and um, that's great you know yeah we had some seconds and thirds and it was just it was a really good experience and you know I was really after last year I just wanted to have some different options so where I didn't have all my eggs in one basket and obviously we love Santa Anita it's our home it's been so great to me and our whole staff and but just with some of the uncertainty wanted to have options and when we got 11 horses approved for Dubai and they really, you know, if they approve your horse and they invite you, they really treat you really, really well. So yeah, it was a great experience, but we Leandro and I think we had a total, of like seven, six men and one woman went over there and, and, uh, you know, it was a big sacrifice on all their parts to be away from home for three months or so. But uh,
1: And everyone got they, back. It, okay. Because I know after they canceled Dubai world cup night, how was that logistically getting the horses and, and, and your team members back?
0: Yeah, it was a little crazy because you felt so safe over there. It's like being in New York City without all the people. I mean, everything, sky, brand new skyscrapers, everything's uh, so westernized. So talking to Andrew every day leading into this whole virus chaos, he felt very safe because uh, there was a bunch of hospitals or no one on the streets, blah, blah, blah. But when I think Europe got really worried of the horsemen staying in Dubai and then bringing over anything they might bring over and then when President Trump said, "Oh, you know if American citizens have forty eight hours to get back on our soil, that just like, yeah,
1: yeah, so, <laughs> <Ooh, hey. laughs>
0: yeah. righty, that's yes, yeah, tip your waiters on your way, but that's when Sheikh Mo and the rest of the Dubai government were like uh this uh this ain't gonna work so yeah, Leandro said it was like a crazy game show where just people running different ways trying to pack and try to I mean I can almost I can
1: almost hear like the closing music from Benny Hill going and you just see people running with like lead ropes and halters and horse fans coming in and out and hoses and buckets going everywhere.
0: Well the crazy thing is so the people all had to leave and the horses couldn't leave until like four or five days as soon as the horse plane could leave. So Fortunately, all the yards over there, they, Dubai Racing, they have three or four members from their staff that you can use every day. You know, so you need an extra hot walker or a groom, you want to give your guys days off, they have staff there. It's unbelievable. So wow,
1: the staff that,
0: that we had, yeah, so we had the, all the American horses had, you know, the um, and a guy named John who runs a quarantine barn over there, just a guy from Australia, super cool guy. So they looked after all the horses, which was a little weird because it is family. You're like, okay, we're going to leave you guys. We're going to jump in the thingy. We're going to be safe. You guys will be fine. Yeah, But, <laughs> but they uh, – so Don't worry. You're with John.
1: Them. He's great. You'll, you'll be fine with John.
0: Yeah. yeah he's, uh, Let me
1: introduce you to John. I just met him. He's great. Yeah, he's yeah. from Australia. You can totally trust him.
0: Yeah, that foam out of the mouth totally normal. That's, they yeah. just had some lots They don't worry about that. Yes, everything – it really, for as crazy and as quickly as it all went down – Everyone got home safely. There's still all of all the staff that went there had to be quarantined, self-quarantined for 14 days. So there's still a few more days in their homes. But, yeah, it uh, went from chaos to, you know, fortunately, the horses are back and the staff are almost back to work. And we're looking to the future.
1: All right. Well, this um, this next portion of the uh, interview is, is something I like to call Cinco to Thinko. And what it is, Doug, is it's. I'm putting you on the hot seat. It's a quiz show, all right? You've got five questions, four normal questions, and then the final question is the Kent or Corey bonus question, and it, it always has to do with Kent DeSormo and or Corey Nakatani, okay? You, can, you, okay. Can, you, can, you, can you manage this? Or are you scared? You should be scared. Be scared.
0: Uh, the best Corey Nakatani story is uh, him getting off uh, the horse and, and the groom's taking the blinkers off and Corey saying, Man, that horse needs blinkers. on I don't know what you're doing, boss. You're like, oh, he had blinkers on. He's like, oh, then you need to take them off. <laughs> yeah. uh, but I love Corey. One of the most natural. Actually, both those guys. How you could give them a baseball, a basketball, whatever. They just unbelievable athletes. But I'm ready for I'm ready for cinco. Cinco no, to cinco. Cinco, Cin- cinco to yeah. Thinko
1: Cinco to Thinko. Okay. All right. First question for Doug O'Neill. This is modern events is the uh, the category. What major beer ceased production yesterday because of the COVID nineteen pandemic?
0: Corona baby!
1: Corona, right? It's the yeah. coronavirus. I can't yeah. help but think that's because of morons like me and you're like, oh, you get this thing from Corona? I'm not drinking that now. Heineken only.
0: I actually went into a liquor store the other day. Got a the shocker. Uh, we went to liquor. Had to get a few things ever, and I. I got a fix back of Corona. And I started walking and I, I started thinking, Oh my God. And I, I had to, I went and took it back and I changed brands and I, I felt bad, but it was a weird thing. I'm like, I can't buy Corona right now.
1: Yeah. It's bad mojo, so, man. I get it. I get it. it. Is. You, you just gotta, you're trying to avoid it. You can't even bring it in by beer label. I, I, I don't I, blame I don't, you. Okay. Don't take no chances. Okay. So you're one for one. Question number two here. And this is you're gonna have to you know you're gonna have to pull pull some old memories here. At what race did I interview you, where both of us were sporting a crew cut? We looked like we just enlisted. It was like one chubby guy and another chubby guy with with crew cuts, shaved heads.
0: Can I can I get like a year?
1: I'll give you a hint. Uh, it wasn't in California, outside the state of California, and I'm Ooh. going to say. I don't know exactly the year. I'm going to say somewhere between 2011 and 2013, probably like in there. That was when you had a crew okay. Yeah. You know, I'm
0: going to go with uh, Pimlico. Damn.
1: It was the Delta Jackpot when Golden Sense won. Oh,
0: wow. Wow. Yeah.
1: Okay. Delta yeah, Jackpot. A- that was, I, I was going, that was obscure. That was, yeah, yeah. yeah, that was obscure. But if he was such an awesome horse, I just figured maybe you were, maybe, you tied the hair with the, with the performances maybe. I don't know. Yeah. Uh- no. I gotta eat more almonds. Yeah, I got yeah. It's all right. Uh, one for two. Let's go to <laughs> let's go to number three. This one should be easy. After shooting the open for Down Home with Team O'Neill, who did we dub the Hitman for his frightening mafioso-like appearance? What member of Team O'Neill did we dub the Hitman because he looked like an absolute killer?
0: <laughs> now, can I uh, can I ask a question before I answer? This? Yes. Would he be thin or kinda
1: a little chunky? He's he's medium. He's medium. He's not he's not thin or chunky. I'll give you another hint. It's not Jack Good. Sisterson, because let's be honest, no okay. one's afraid of Jack. Well, uh, Steve Rossum. No, no, it was Leandro. Don't you remember how he oh, Leandro yes, looked?
0: You're right. Damn it. Yeah. He looked you're like right. he was he, he looked does. like he was a
1: hitman for the mafia. He looked like he was like he was coming in on John Gotti's orders to take us all out.
0: He's guarding one of those drug uh, tunnels. No, I, I agree. No, it, there, he's definitely. Damn it! I should have grabbed yeah. that.
1: All yeah. All right. Here's another one. This one you'll get. This one. This one's a layup. What member of Team O'Neill have I frequently described as my spirit animal?
0: It's gotta be lava, right? Lava man.
1: No, oh, Steve Rothblum. He's my spirit animal. First of all, he's an he's an absolute uh, animal. <laughs> Yeah, he's my he, he's literally one of my favorite people at the racetrack, though. I like I, I absolutely adore Steve Rothblum. I could hang out with that guy all day.
0: He puts the F.U.M. back in funeral. Now, he, he really he makes every situation. I'll tell you, one of the most fun times with Steve is if you're in a restaurant and you hear like some whispering like a happy birthday at a table a little bit away. Steve's like, what is going on? He'll get up. He'll go over there and he'll get the person's name. Then he'll get the whole restaurant singing the person happy birthday. He's that kind of
1: guy. Oh, without a doubt. Yeah,
0: he, yeah so, no, it, it's uh, good stuff. It's the animal, I like
1: that. He is. He is, he is, he is Steve Rothblum is, is my spirit animal. Okay, so the uh, Kent or Corey bonus question. So I've actually changed the format a little bit to, to make it Doug O'Neill specific. So here's the question. You have won two Kentucky Derbies. Okay, you've won two Kentucky Derbies. In which one of those Kentucky Derbies did you defeat both Kent and Corey?
0: Both Kent and Corey, that would have been in 2016.
1: No. Corey Nakatani did not have a mount in 2016. He had a mount in 2012. It was 2012. You beat Kent and Corey. God. Yeah, I thought Dang. you would have gotten that. Well, I mean, uh, in, in your defense, Corey finished like 17th in that race. He was riding some 30 to one <laughs> shots. So he wasn't, it's, he wasn't really close to I'll have another.
0: I was trying, and I know Exaggerator, we got the Sormo in, in uh, 2016. So I had that kind of in my mind too. Ah,
1: well, 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 maybe, maybe I should go back to Corona drinking. I don't know. Yeah, well, it's good for the memory. Well, you you can't yeah. for a while; they shut it down. It's all gone. <laughs> they, it's stopped it. they stopped making it. They stopped making it. Doug, hey, uh, thank you so much, man. It was a lot of fun having you on the show.
0: Oh man, it was great, man. I look, look forward to uh, listening to more. You're doing a great job with this, and I uh, appreciate you having me on. All
1: right, let's um, let's uh, let's hope things get back to normal sooner rather than later. I my I don't know about you, but I'm hoping. We can get some degree of normalcy by Delmar. That's my hope.
0: Yeah, me too. I, and I, and I, yeah, I don't want to jinx it, but I'm feeling that. So, yeah, looking for a good, good summer for sure.
1: All right, Doug, have a good one. Be safe, right, buddy.
0: You too, man. Thanks, man. All
1: right, we'll be back on the TVG podcast. Wrap things up right after this. Aren't you tired of expensive cable packages? Now you can watch all of TVG's offerings in crystal clear high definition with the new Watch TVG app. Gain access to exclusive content, handicapping on demand, and TVG's greatest hits, including many award-winning features. Download for free now on Amazon Fire, Roku, and Apple TV, or visit tvg.com/promos/watch for even more information. Well, that was a lot of fun. Doug O'Neill, great guy. And I will say this, Eric Johnson, his uh, one of his owners, who's the you know former number one overall draft pick in the NHL, an all-star defenseman for the Colorado Avalanche. And he owns horses with, with a number of trainers. But Doug was really the first trainer he's, he he jumped into this game with. He, he said, look, there's a lot of different ways to look at it. But if you want to have fun, the best trainer to own horses with is Doug O'Neill. And that's absolutely true. And I think you got a glimpse of that, even in these hard times. Great time with uh, Team O'Neill. Whenever you, can, uh, whenever you can run into them at the racetrack. Thanks for listening here on the TVG podcast. Uh, once again, I'm going to keep trying to kick these out as frequently as possible. I'll keep talking. You keep listening. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk at you next time.